in the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches, and honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate. From the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. of sleep. I put part one to bed around three. I'm back up. I think we're around 9 a.m. Um, got some coffee and we're ready to go. That's all we need, folks. The body is a perfect system. You only need a couple hours of sleep. But you know what's more important than sleep? This podcast, these shows, you, the audience. Let's do this. This show, this part two is a little different at like we do. I'm going to give you a, uh, a lyric breakdown of that song, Come Clean, which is a Patreon exclusive. Uh, Angie Ogian, uh, my my amazing Patreon subscriber, uh, she uh, got the level where you get to uh, have me lyrically break down a song. That's what an amazing, what an amazing level, folks. You're going to see how this, this will blow you away. Um but not only in that, in this episode, you're going to get a full recap of last week's Real Housewives of Beverly Hills so you can be ready for tonight's season finale of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. It's going to be crazy, folks. 
But then what I'm going to ask you to do, I'm going to ask you to go over to Patreon and I'm going to ask you to subscribe. It's a couple bucks a month and you're going to get full recaps of the rest of the Bravo shows, Below Deck Med, Real Housewives of Potomac, and Real Housewives of New York. On Fridays, you're going to get full recaps of Selling Sunset, the hit fake reality show of Netflix. And uh, yeah, we'll go for there. So if you like what I'm doing, if you uh, if you like what we're trying to do here, uh, please go over to the Patreon and uh, and and support that way. Also, leave a review, subscribe, tell your friends, blah blah blah. Are you liking the long episodes? Part one is just so long, you guys, five and a half hours. That's intimidating even for me. So. Uh, always leave me your feedback about that and, uh, and let me know if you want me to split those up even more. I know a couple of people do, um, but that song come clean. That is, is, and don't mind the garbage trucks that are coming up and down the street. They don't realize I'm doing a podcast right now. If they did, I'm sure they would, um, shut their big honking machines up. Right. <laughs> oh, love, love it. Los Angeles, huh? City of dreams, you guys. City of dreams. So that was Hillary Duff. Of course, we know that is the theme song to Laguna Beach, the show that started it all for a lot of us, the, our love of these shows. Um, so Come Clean, song by Hillary Duff. What do we know about Hillary Duff? She's just an amazing artist. That's all we need to know. But she's also a lyricist. And what do we think that Hillary Duff meant by this song? Okay, so it's called Come Clean. And when I think of Come Clean, I think of somebody that is so dirty. So, so dirty. Maybe a life of crime. Maybe a liar. Maybe a liar and a person of crime. You know, maybe that's a coinciding thing. Um, so the, the lyric starts and it says, Because perfect didn't feel so perfect. And now, now what I'm seeing is it's one of those goody two-shoe 4.0 GPA students in high school. And their whole life is trying to do the most because they have a a whip-cracking family that's like, you need to be the best. You need to be the best, Susie. And that's the girl's name, Susie. You need to be the best, Susie. You need to get a 4.0. You need to get straight A's. And you need to do a lot of extracurricular activities. And you got to do track. And you got to play the xylophone. You got to do all that stuff to get into the good college, you know? And so she's done it. She's been perfect all her life. And that's why this says, because perfect didn't feel so perfect. And then the next one is trying to fit a square into a circle. Because the whole the whole time she's been perfect, she realizes she doesn't feel perfect inside. She's like, if I'm so perfect, why don't I feel perfect? She feels like a loser. She's lost. She's never had love in her life. You know, all she's, all she's done is be a robot for her family's wishes but she's never she's never kissed a boy or a girl she's never um done so many things that we take for granted this girl has not done any of them you guys it's heartbreaking and then it goes trying to fit a square into a circle was no life i defy and that's saying it's like this isn't a life she came to senior year and she was one of those people giving the um i've never done this because i wasn't this but is it the the magna cum laude or whoever's the no valid victorian she's the valid victorian you guys and she's standing up there in front of her class and she's like these people they don't know me they don't know me they don't know the real susie and so she goes this is my moment and out of this she's never done this in her life she goes i defy and then you know those um high school gowns they give you with the cap and stuff like that she unzips it and she proceeds to take off all of her clothes. And she she says, let the rain fall down and make wake my dreams. Let it wash away my sanity. And that's like a really important word because people are like, is this girl going crazy? And then it goes, because I want to feel the thunder. I want to scream. Let the rain fall down. I'm coming clean. I'm coming clean. And everybody's like, what? Put on your clothes. It's crazy. This is a family high school, like that kind of stuff. And she's like, and then she just starts running. And she realizes, you know, she's like, oh, I should have picked up my clothes because she's now just running naked, um, you know, down this uh, this old Missouri highway, <laughs> this old Missouri highway, because <laughs> she's fr- she's this song obviously takes place in Missouri. And she goes and then she full then she goes. Then the next one goes, 
let's go back back to the beginning and she's like telling us the audience she's like let me paint a picture of why i'm running down a missouri street naked she's like back to when the earth the sun the stars all aligned and that's like a flashback to when she was a baby when everything was perfect before we were you know before any mistakes are made before we're taught to think or act a certain way um that's the part oh my god you guys i just thought i wasn't recording and i was like you little idiot you just did this whole ridiculous thing and you weren't even recording oh my god okay so yeah so back to the beginning and then it goes because perfect didn't feel so perfect trying to fit yeah we've already done this stuff um and then it goes okay then it goes i'm shedding shedding every color trying to find a pigment of truth beneath my skin and she realizes even though she's naked folks that she's still dirty Isn't that crazy? Is that she thought, you know, I made this declarative statement in front of literally everybody in town. Everybody was at that high school school graduation. And she's like, I feel dirty. What do I do? And this is like, this is where like these lyrics, but this infers it, I think. She's like, because different doesn't feel so different. And going out is better than always staying in. Feel the wind. Because that's what happened is that she ran to a local Kmart. And she picked out, like, you know, uh, the one thing her parents did give her was an Apple Watch, and it was connected to her debit card system because you can pay with an Apple Watch. So she ran to a Kmart, and she had her watch still on, thank God. And she was able to buy some clothes in there and, and get unnaked, and that's what it's called, unnaked. And then she goes to the airport. She goes to the airport, folks. She is going to get out of town. She is leaving, and I think it's so inspirational um, that she has decided to leave. She goes, trying to find a pigment of truth because different doesn't feel so different and going out is better. Going out, she means out of Missouri. Then always staying in, feel the wind. And feel the wind, of course, is the wind when you're in a plane, you're flying against the wind or or with the wind, whatever. You know, it's the wind. And she goes to she goes to the Big Apple, folks. She goes to the Big Apple. And that's obviously where she meets like a music producer. Cause also I forgot to say she's a good singer because her parents made her be in, like I said, show choir. And then it's just, I'm coming clean, let the rain fall down, let the, fr-. it's the same. There's not tons of lyrics in this song and uh, who wanted me to lyric break down this. So it's, I'm so sorry this wasn't going on, couldn't go on. But what I'm, what I think is chilling when you think about this song is that this is, is exactly Hillary Duff's story. This, this, what I just said, is exactly how Hillary Duff started in the business, and nobody ever knew that. Like, isn't that crazy? She actually did that. She was a high school valedictorian that got naked and then went to New York, and that's where she was discovered. She was one of the people singing in Times Square with the Naked Cowboy, and uh, you know those kind of people. And she was discovered, and she became a big star. She wrote this song and many others, and she's an actor. Just very talented so that's I always say if, if you if uh, I know a lot of moms listen to the show if you're listening with your kids I think this is something that also bring the kids in on this is like an inspirational one of just like also don't push your kids to do to be who they aren't say hey yo if you let's stop it let's get it stopped so you're we're not at the point where we're at your high school graduation you strip naked I think that so this is a cautionary tale this is like hey us as a family, let's come together as a family unit and say, how can we get you to not be naked at graduation? And I think that's so cool that Hillary gave us this. And it's, I just, it makes me almost want to have a kid just so I can not screw up in raising the kid, if that makes sense. Because it, it is an inspirational song about family and about raising kids. So, and I hope you enjoyed that. I hope it was emotional. I picture Ann at home just crying because it's, so sad to hear a song you love so much and find out exactly what it means. And I got to imagine it's a very special moment for Anne. So Anne, my Patreon subscriber, thank you so much for being this. I love Anne, by the way, she's hysterical. Um, So Anne, that, uh, that is, that's my magic. I'm glad to, I'm I'm happy to share it with you, Anne. Um, Okay, folks on with the show. Um, Oh, my God, I should talk about one more thing before I do that. Uh, Leah, Leah McSweeney. Um, we had a little bit of a panic situation this weekend. I woke up on Saturday, finally got some sleep, and I wake up, and I scroll Instagram as as, as I do, as I want to do. And what do I see? Oh, you guys aren't there. Um, I, what I saw was Leah on the beach 
with a dark-haired gentleman without his shirt on, because I guess they're on a beach, unless they, that's just his thing of, like, not wearing shirts. Um, which, by the way, don't you – I hate douchebags like that, you know? Like, that's – come on, man. We get it. You're skinny. Um, and she goes, get yourself a cute financial bro or broker or some shit like that. And I was like, what? She's saying she's with a boyfriend? You know, I was like, this is her boyfriend? I was like, livid. I mean, livid, sad, so many emotions rushing through my head at once. And I immediately called my therapist to see if she was around. And she um, said, don't call me on the weekends. And I was like, okay. And um, no, but I did. I what I did was I wrote, because <laughs> I'm an idiot, I wrote, not a great way to start my weekend. Because I wanted her to know that I know that she's dating. And um, it was very hurtful. What I didn't expect is so many people to like that comment. And <laughs> so I was, you know, and by the way, so thank you so many. What a great community of people that like. So, I mean, we're talking over we're talking hundreds over uh, <laughs> so many people reaching out to to say that they're sorry, to say that to hope that I'm well. Um, it was like really it was. <laughs> eye-opening amazing it made me feel very good inside my heart and soul uh i you know and by the way i've been making my peace with leaving leah for a while now and my love for her because i just it doesn't seem to be moving forward because at the end of the day uh she doesn't really know i exist i'm a podcaster so that's always those are two you know two things that are like kind of standing in my way and you know so but that so i was just bummed but then i went on and tried to have a good day and Kept thinking about it, of course, because of all the messages. But then there's an up. Well, because then people were like, hey, <laughs> I love I love like the, I love the listeners and all that. They were like, um, you guys were like, uh, hey, don't don't give up, man. Like, you know, she'll she'll um, this isn't it. I know this isn't the guy for her. She'll come back. You know, she's never been with me. But like people are like, you know, so nice. She'll, she'll come back and like, don't give up. And. I mean, that could also be mean of, like, don't give up, and then I just waste, wait my whole life for Leah. Like, that would be weird, too. Um, but then I guess she had so <laughs> So she then edits the post later that afternoon and says, hey, it's a joke. This has been my friend since, like, such such and such, you know? Because also, I when I, when I heard financial broker, I was like, oh, Oh, Leah's not so street after all. Dating a New York financial bro. How typical. I almost turned against Leah. I did. I almost turned against. And then I, she said, it's a joke, da-da-da. She edited it. But folks, why did she edit it to like say, hey, it's not? Like, do you think, just be honest with me, do you think she did that for me? Because she saw my comment. Because I think I was one of the, every other comment, every other comment I read was like, yeah, you go, girl. Oh, damn, you guys are a cute couple. Like, that kind of stuff. But my, like, so she edited it because I think of my comment where she was like, I don't want Ryan to think I'm actually with this guy. Do you think that's what she means? Do you think she wants me to reach out? I think I was one of the only negative comments on there. I could be wrong, but like, I, I, I don't know, man. That seemed like a really clear signal. Which was kind of exciting, and and I kind of really now realize how courts get involved on some of these things. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, it's early. But folks, uh, that is that. Should we go on to some recaps? What time is it, folks? folks Beverly Hills we are in the penultimate episode tonight's episode will be the season finale I was so upset when I heard you know next time on the season finale of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills I was like mother humper okay oh sorry <laughs> I'm so sorry sorry you guys had it are you guys not gonna say bless you jeez um so this episode is called Sex, Lies, and Text Messages, so you know I'm already furious because of this stupid situation that they keep flipping. So it went, what was it? You got Panigate, P 
Puppygate and now Pussygate. Too many gates. Like, I feel like this gate should have been over, like, two two episodes ago. They're just still, like, gnawing at this thing. I'm like, God, let's talk about Rena's bad wigs. That's a whole episode. Um, I just still want to, like, I always crack up when I hear the beginning of Beverly Hills because I always laugh when Teddy goes, you never know what to expect when I'm expecting. Well, yeah, we do. You're just going to get in everybody's business and then kind of be boring on top of it. Like, we know what to expect by now. Like, I, I wouldn't, you know what I would, I would, I wouldn't expect your dad to pop up. That would be exciting. Like, I would love for John Mellencamp to pop in and be like, a little ditty about Teddy being boring. Um, okay, so we start off the show. Lisa Rinna and Amelia Gray, Rinna's daughter, are there on, they're at a, like a typical white person behavior there at a surf workout where they're on these like mechanical surfboards and there's actual sand you guys there's actual you know it's funny though just because they live in los angeles near an ocean where they could actually do this workout like i would think this workout is for people that don't live near an ocean i mean that's just something that i was thinking um I do have to say, Rinna is better on the surfboard than she is with her dancing. I know people are like, oh, I love her dancing. Please, love, like, continue. I, like I said last week, I love anything that people love. Like, if you want to be passionate about rocks, go be passionate about rocks. If you want to be passionate about Rinna dancing, all for it. Nobody's telling you not to. I can also be equally passionate about not liking her dancing. It has nothing to do, I mean, it's like, let's see. It's like when you just get uh, okay. It's like the show Dexter. By the end, you kind of just knew what was happening. You're like, oh, he's he's probably gonna murder a bad guy. Like you just know. So every time, like you just know what you're going to see. Like the scary thing though with the Rinna thing is like, where does it stop? I feel like she's going to ramp it up so much where eventually it's gonna be like, yo, you're in public. Don't do that. You know, it's like it's going to keep getting bigger and bigger because she. The attention, it, the the need gets thirstier and thirstier. It's like, you know, it, it it's like I would I like to do a Garth Brooks bit bit every week. Sure, would I like to make fun of Garth Brooks every week? Sure, but I got to I can't do that because it 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 wears people out. It's like the length of these podcasts. It wears people out, and that's just a little tip from me to Rena. Um. Lisa is making a lot of noises during the surf workout. Uh, okay, then we're to Garcelle picking up Jax at school, 12 years old. So we know she didn't name him for Jax Taylor, thank God. But, like, what an unfortunate coincidence that that Jax, Garcelle's son, is in the Bravo universe now with an actual Jax. But I think maybe he's, like, reclaiming the name because this Jax seems like he's a good guy. Um, then we're at Teddy's house. Um Putting together the baby room. The baby room is completely boring, you guys. I hate to say it. Uh, completely boring. And then her husband walks in and she goes, Babe, we're having a baby. Absolutely no chemistry here or even TV chemistry. Like, there's just no chemistry. It's like, hello, I am your husband. Hello, I am your wife. And she's like, Babe, we're having a baby. It's, I don't know. Something is off. Um, then we're to Erica Jane. Mikey, the creative director of Erica Jane. They're watching the Chicago teaser video with Leah, 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 um, her assistant. So that's cool. Um, I love that they're like taking this so seriously. They're like, this is the moment that Erica Jane and Roxy Hart from Chicago are meeting in this video clip. I do want to point out that Erica, sorry, I'm so stuffed up right now. Um, one sec. I realized I could have just turned that off, but hey, we're on fire. We got to keep going. Um, I love that they take all of this stuff so seriously. Also, Erica Jane's face looks like it's melting right now. She looks like she's having a bad reaction to whatever makeup Mikey is suggesting for her. I don't know if anybody else knew that, and I don't know if that's normal, you know, for skin, because I don't wear a lot of makeup. And so that was interesting. But also I was like, in the teaser, did they, did like Tom Girardi pay for this commercial? Because I don't think Broadway paid for it, you know? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think Tom might have paid for that commercial. Because I don't think they do that for anything. Because it's like, it was like her creative team of like Erica Jane meeting Roxy Hart. And it's like, I don't think Broadway's like, we got to get a commercial where Erica Jane meets, you know? You know, like, that feels more of a personal thing than like 
something that somebody was asking for. Does that make sense? Cool. Uh, and then we're at Denise, and Gar- Denise is going to Garcelle's house. Uh, we find out that the day they got back from Rome, next day that Denise had a jet off to Montana for Thanksgiving. Uh, after going to Rome, she said she needed to decompress. Uh, she's like, I can bring as many sweatpants as I want there. And I'm like, oh, I hope you can bring boot-cut jeans too, Denise. Hope you can bring combat boots there too. Uh, Garcelle says she's her friend and has her back. Flashback to Garcelle sticking up for her in Rome. Uh, Garcelle asks, did you tell Aaron about Rome? He cannot believe how they are, Denise says. He has seen some of the stuff, Teddy has said, and he feels bad uh, that they did that to her. And she goes, if I did sleep with Brandy, he would say, why wasn't I invited? He would probably say, like, five, he goes, Big Pharma made sure I wasn't invited. Did Big Pharma hook you up with Denise and Brandy? Who sent you? I just love the thought of him like shaking down like people like knock knock it's like you know uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses and like who sent you Big Pharma did Big Pharma send you <laughs> what a kook um, so she does say in this she goes <laughs> beautiful line by uh, Denise she goes I do know I really don't like Teddy yes relatable queen oh my god it's so it's so beautiful to hear somebody speak so clearly of all of her thoughts um garcelle says rinna is harsher and more relentless and different than the rinna she's known for the last 20 years girl same like i love these two i gotta say and maybe like denise is only interesting when she starts like actually telling the truth and you she's not saying it in a vicious way about teddy she's just kind of saying it matter of factly and i love gars i'm like garcelle man really stepping up to the plate the last couple episodes. Also, congrats to Garcelle. She is a host. She just got announced as a new host on the CBS talk show, The The Talk, I believe, which is amazing and really shows that these, I think it's really great when stuff like that happens because it shows the power of these shows, you know, is that it raised her public image so much that she was able to get a talk panel show. And I'm, I'm not even joking. Like, that's a huge thing. And I really think it shows how coveted these housewife spots are. You got to remember, these are like really sought after positions that everybody fights for. And I think that's so exciting when it works because then it just makes so many more people want to be on the show and they have so many more casting options, I would imagine, you know? Um, okay. I don't, uh, Rina, yeah. So, Garcelle also says, Rin is too aggressive and wants you to own it. She's like, I don't want to own it all the time. It's exhausting. I fucking love that line. Nobody should have to own it all the time, Rinna. And you're not the person who gets to tell people when to own it. You're not the, o- you're not the overall owner. Everybody's personal owners of their own ownership. You got it? Own, own, own. Um, so she goes, Denise, and she tells Denise, she's like, you were fierce at that dinner. She's like, you've been through a lot, and you're going to handle it. Okay, but now, you guys, now the next play, the next scene takes place in heaven. Yeah, in heaven. Dorit's room at Buca de Beppo, baby. Buca de Beppo. Bucca, bucca, beppa de Beppo? So Kyle and Dorit are at Buca de Beppo with the Buca de Beppo manager, and he's just happy to be in the scene. You can tell. He's like, hey. Dorit says, I love baby showers. I love baby showers and babies, and it's a perfect opportunity to have a room I can have full control over and have a really nice party. And then she's like, Kyle, your gift is too large. Uh, Kyle says, um, Kyle says, I was planning the baby shower, but then Dorit said she wanted to join me, and then she, you know, and now we're here at Buca de Peppo. Um, uh, I guess Teddy thinks she's coming to the Capri room, the Dorit's room, reveal. Uh, she lets us know she re- redesigned and redid the entire room. This is a big deal for me. The beauty and the allure and the color and the smells, it feels like you're stepping into a restaurant in Capri, <laughs> Dorit says. So let me repeat that one more time. The beauty and the allure and the color and the smells, it feels like you're stepping into a restaurant in Capri. Kyle, Kyle, goes, do, Kyle goes, do I feel like I've been transported? No. <laughs> This shows also how fucking fake Kyle is, her talking heads. You notice Kyle does that more than anybody else. Is that she'll say one thing to your face and then she'll reverse it in the talking head. So it's like, oh, so you're just a liar. You're not a good person, potentially. So just a thought. Um, 
Kyle says, I have not spoken to Denise since Rome. Um, she didn't say she was not coming to Dorit's baby shower. So Dorit thinks she will to to Teddy's baby shower. Dorit thinks she will show up. Kyle says, you know, Kim and Brandy are coming, which is like, what? So, this is when you know how set up these shows are. Like the moments aren't fake, but these setups are. Is that like, of course, Kim and Brandy, they're making them come like they're just wanting to keep this storyline go- going. So production must be doing this as well. Um, Dorit says, today is about Teddy. Dorit is worried about this and doesn't want to get everyone involved. We're back to Amelia and Lisa. Lisa's in Amelia Gray's room, and she's, like, by her bedstand, and her bedstand is open, and it's, like, guys, so many pill bottles. Did you see? Like, I know she's on anti-anxiety medication and probably SSRIs, but so many pill bottles. And... She's moving in a week. Uh, they found a place for her for only fifty. Well, the the low price of fifty seven hundred dollars a month for a one bedroom. Uh, Lisa doesn't want to be a helicopter parent, so knows she has to let her go. You ugh, dummies. Uh, Lisa goes, "Tell me about your therapist, girl." She's like, "Well, I'm on a new antidepressant. My mood is more balanced. I'm a lot nicer." And Renee goes, "I noticed that too. I noticed that too." She's like, "Amelia Gray, you're so smart. You're so so. How did you get so smart, Amelia Gray?" Um, you know, then the scene it gets brought up about Lisa being so thin about what Garcelle uh, potentially said, and she uh, she's like. Basically, Amelia Gray says, I I did all of this myself. My eating disorder is my own problem, never my mom's. Um, I, you know, I would be crying to myself looking up diets, which is a very serious issue. And I'm really not making fun of that stuff because you obviously did have a problem. I, I've been hearing about this problem with Amelia Gray for like two years now, I believe, since she actually came out with this information. And I feel like we get the same articles about her again and again and again. I do think it might be, I don't, I do think I wonder why we revisit it so much. I mean, it it is helpful to people and other young girls, I imagine if they watch this, but like it's, we keep hitting this same story with Amelia Gray, not even on the show, but in the the press. Like I've read, you know, these articles about her for, for years now, you know, is that she, she, you know, stood up for herself and stuff. So I just, I find it interesting that it's still getting brought up. Um, so now we're um, uh, okay. So Kim shows up to Buka. We're at the Buka de Beppo. We're very like we're there already, you guys. So Kim shows up to Buka de Beppo. Lisa shows up to Buka de Beppo. Uh, a bunny has been brought. Kim and Lisa laugh and hug, which is huge because of how they left the last bunny scene at the reunion. Uh, she's like, never in a million years did I think we would laugh and talk about the bunny. Flashback of bringing <laughs> flashback. You guys, you guys all know that moment. For but for new, if there's any new viewers of Beverly Hills that hasn't seen that scene at the reunion, Kim brings back the stuffed bunny that Lisa bought for one of Kim's uh, uh, grandchildren, and Kim gives it back because it has bad energy. And there's a tight shot of Lisa's face with like a single tear falling down, which is just in retrospect, it just I don't know. I'm suspect of everything Rena does now I'm telling you I don't know why I see this so clearly and others don't maybe I'm I don't know it's just very interesting to me but they're laughing I thought that was a really nice moment um we find out that Amelia is dating someone that that Kim one of Kim's family members and Amelia spent Thanksgiving with Kim and Lisa goes this is our karma is I'm like this is not crazy this is our karma Dorita's wearing her Versace from Rome uh Lisa's wig in the scene makes me lol uh, Lisa says, me and Denise vowed to be better friends with each other. She looks forward to tonight uh, to keep the good, w- the goodwill moving forward. Uh, Lisa says that about Denise. Now Dorit gets a FaceTime call from Denise. She's like, honey, where are you, honey? <laughs> Garcelle walks in. Denise says she's sick and won't be coming to the shower. Uh, Kyle and Teddy are getting out of the car. Remember, Teddy thinks she's just going to the Capri room, the unveiling. Teddy is doing an annoying accent. She's like, you know, those friends were like, I will speak in a British accent because I'm trying to be the fun friend. Well, it just doesn't work on Teddy, you know? She's like, I'm at the Capri room. And I'm like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Hulk smash, Teddy. Um, Teddy, yeah, so surprise. This is what's funny, is Teddy literally has... Four friends 
at the baby shower and the rest are like housewives. This isn't a real baby shower. Where's Teddy's mom, you guys? Come on. Let's be smart about this. Like, Teddy's fr- I bet those aren't even Teddy's friends. Plus, I don't know if I even believe Teddy has four friends, you know? Like, that's that would be a whole show itself explaining, like, who are these friends, you know? Um, they're like, let's go. And then they're in the 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 alcove before the Capri room. And then Teddy's like, let's go see the Capri room. And Teddy says, we've come a long way, her and Dorit. Everyone is saying the Capri Room is gorgeous, the sky, the ocean, and you guys, the Capri Room. I'm not going to shit talk it because I want to go to it so badly. I want to go to there so badly. It's, I think, uh, how do I say this? Like, I, I think you could do a similar thing with like a party supply store like I don't you know like I think we could put that together like I think me and me and you guys could put that together like that you know but I'm so excited to go it, it really did it did take me to a different place when I saw it uh, I will not reveal that place that it took me but it did it put the lotion in the basket <laughs> oh my god I'm so sorry um okay so we see it it's gorgeous and then Teddy goes so far, this shower has only been about Dorit. <laughs> Dorit makes an announcement that Denise isn't going to be there. Kyle says, I knew it in a talking head. She says, "That's I don't believe she is sick. That's what creates mistrust. Shut up, Kyle. Goodbye, Kyle. Goodbye. Ugh. You always know when it's the end of the season when you really just start hating everybody. You're just like, ugh. Tired of all you. Time to go back to your coffins. Um, so Erica shows up with a big pink wig. The two-buck chuck and the family food is flowing. I, I just, I kept looking. I was like, you know the sodium was just overflowing that night. So much sodium. Kyle's speech, can't wait for this. Bu-. Kyle goes, I can't wait for this book and a baby to come. You're an amazing mom and I love you so much. That was the speech. That was the baby shower speech. Uh, Lisa says, people have a good time at baby showers. And then there's a pic of Andy's baby shower where Lisa, remember Andy's baby shower with like all the housewives and John Mayer. And Lisa had that one moment that was like iconic where she was like, get up and dance for Andy. You owe him your life. Which was like at the moment. Great. I think that might be the last time I've liked Rinna. Um, They bring up Erica being on stage as Roxy. Uh, Everybody cheers. Rinna says, I'm so excited for Erica doing something that I love so much. Because Rinna played this part like 20 years ago, you know? And Garcelle goes, I've known Lisa Rinna for 20 years. And when you're with your friend, you are there for your friend. And she brings up, and she, like, she, and she brings up Lisa chiming in every time I did it first. And I just, I, I thought that was such, uh, I loved her. I love her so, I love Garcelle. Literally calls out Rin on her behavior, her narcissistic behavior, um, and then Erica goes, "I'll bring, I'll bring up the, I'll bring up the elephant in the room. Where's Denise?" And Kyle says, "She's not telling the truth." Truth. Reed says, "What?" Kyle says, "Brandy, uh, Brandy is a lot of things, but she isn't a liar. She's a very complex person." And then Brandy comes in and goes, hi, surprise, you're having a baby. And they immediately, all of them go, what are you drinking, Brandy? Like, they're immediately trying to get her, like, drunk. Like, losing those lips, losing those lips. Um, Teddy says she almost didn't come today. Uh, Which is so funny. It's like, you're bitching about Denise not being there. And when you thought it was just Dorit's unveiling, you weren't going to show up. Do you see the hypocrisy there? Dorit says if you play your cards right, you might be able to come over more often. Like, she tells that to Brandy. Like, oh, consider Buka maybe your place of residence from this point on. And uh, Brandy goes, oh, yeah, I used to bring the kids here all the time. We would get the um, the table in the kitchen. So I guess at Buka de Beppo, there's a table in the kitchen where you can watch the magic happen. But I got to imagine, like, I don't think, like, Buka de Beppo is, like, Wolfgang Puck or, like, Gordon Ramsay or something like that. I think it's, like, line cooks, like, just, like, here's the rigatoni, slap. You know, like, I would imagine it would scare kids having that table, you know? Kyle says, uh, 
you're a great mom, Brandy. Everybody's really licking her balls right now. They're like, oh, what an amazing person you are, Brandy. So good. So humble. So funny. Uh, Dreet asks her about honesty, you know, and Brandy says, 99% of the time I'm honest. Um, Kyle goes, hey, Brandy, shit blew up in Rome. Rinna says, I'm uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable. Rinna says, Denise, Denise isn't here. Denise isn't here. And we are talking about it. That's my problem. Rinna says, I don't know this person. I don't know this person. I, what, I, I didn't know what person she's referring to. Brandy says, I don't know 90% of the people here at this table. And this is the weirdest moment of this thing is that Teddy goes, okay, guys, we're going to talk about some adult stuff. Time to go. And she kicks out her four friends from the baby shower, her supposed four actual friends. If you were one of those four friends that fucking came to Encino to a book at a Beppo on like whatever night this was, would you not be livid that the moment that this actual baby shower gets good, you're like, time to go, ladies. You can't handle a little pee talk. Pussy. And I like that's when you know it's completely fake. Because if I was one of those ladies, I'd pop Teddy right in the face. I'd be like, are you shitting me, girl? No, I will be staying right here. I can handle adult situations. But, like, literally the ladies are like, okay, bye. And then they're like, okay, let's talk, ladies. It's the weirdest scene. Weirdest. Um, Teddy talks about confronting Denise about what Brandy said to her in Rome. And uh, that, that Denise said that, you know, she told us you're a liar and you should never be believed. Erica says, um, Erica's like, she didn't say I was a bitch. Um, and then Brandy's like, I swear to God, when we hooked up, Aaron wasn't there, even though Denise said Aaron was there. Um, and Brandy once again says, I knew they had an open thing if it was just girls. And this is when Brandy starts really explaining. She's like, I bit her. And Teddy's like, what? What are you talking about? What? Bite? What? Like, Teddy, uh, like, you know, don't feel my boobs under my bra. Teddy says, like, what? Bite? And she's like. I left marks, love bites. Like, you could just see Teddy, like, almost exploding. Like, what? What do people do to each other's bodies? (laughs) And she's like, you left a bite mark. And the next day, Denise was like, Aaron can never know this. He will kill me. This is, just say this is from my corset. Which then, like, leads me to believe, does Aaron, like, body check Denise every night? It's like, strip down. Let me see what, let me see if Big Pharma got to you. Are you wearing a wire? Like, I... I'm trying to think like, and maybe, maybe that is their lovemaking style is that he does, which by the way is probably pretty cool. If like somebody's fascinated, fascinated, fascinated with every small part of your body. So maybe that's the deal. But mostly I usually think like, I like to put on clothes when I make love. I like to turn the lights more than down. I like to literally like, it's like when you're like walking in like a, just a pitch black cave. That's how I like it. Uh, <laughs> Hey guys, uh, subscribe to the Patreon, okay? <laughs> um, Dorit goes, why would that matter? Teddy is a bitch and goes, that's what I'm saying. We find out again, Brandy hates cheaters. Brandy in a talking says, this isn't about to shut me up, lol. Teddy goes, regardless of the sex stuff, they had a relationship. She distanced herself from Brandy until she started coming back into the group, and now she's, you know. And then uh, then Erica Jane throws in, like, she called me a cold-hearted bitch. It's my best role ever. Like, Erica Jane loves to, like, lean into this thing of, like, oh, honey, the cold-hearted bitch is what I play. I'm an actor all my life. And it's like, you're kind of just boring and people write. I don't know. If, I'll, I'll explain it to you guys later. Erica says she went to Rome knowing she said shit about all of us. And it's like, no shit. You all talk shit about each other. You think, like, they're trying to paint the picture of, like, Denise knew that she said bad things about us and still went to Rome. You guys are the biggest hypocrites. You all say bad shit about each other, and you all went to Rome. Like, I just, I don't, please make it make sense. Please make it make sense to me, because I don't, for the love of God, understand any of this. Dorit says, my convos with Brandy haven't all been good. And there's a flashback of Brandy shit shit canned at uh, Kyle's function going, your tits are fucked up, but in a good way. 
Like, what is that? What do tits fuck? Like, is, it's, is it like when people tell Brandy your face is fucked up, but in a good way? Uh, Brandy is showing all the text to Denise. And this is the part where it gets weird for me. Because the texts that were shown are just like, hey, sweetie, hey, baby, hey, mama, with like Heather Holla Thompson. Hey, mama. Like, but there's no like smoking gun. First off, second off, I hate people that show other people text messages or screenshots. I think that's so shitty. Like, if somebody's like in an, or like if somebody's calling you an asshole or like threatening you verbally, yeah, maybe show some. But like, this was just normal conversations. There was like, there was literally no smoking gun that at least we saw. And Erica goes, I'm not looking at what the text messages say, I'm looking at the amount of text messages. And then I'm like, you shithead, then you're looking at the wrong thing. It should be what is in the content of these messages, not the amount of text messages. You know, like I have amount of text messages. With, I have, I, I've gone on for pages with a Postmates driver once. I've never went down on a Postmate, like ever. You know what I'm saying? Um, Brandy's like, I'm not a fucking liar. Teddy says these texts clearly show they had a relationship. Oh God, Teddy. Erica says I believe Brandy. I'm sorry. Hey, and I'm like, it's like because of the hey, pretty mama. Fuck that. And then Brandy goes, I fucking sucked on her fucking clit. I have a um, I have a close relationship with her. OK, bitch. Enough said. Like she's like drunk and defensive. And that's just. You know, it's just like that's just Brandy and how she talks. There's a flashback to to uh, Brandy offering to eat Lisa Vanderpump out that one time. Kyle's reactions are funny. She's always like, oh, zoiks. Oh, no. <laughs> you said clit and bucanabapo. <laughs> yeah, because literally the text message says, hey, pretty, do you want to have a girl's day? Oh, my God. Smoking gun, guys. They got it. They got it. And Denise said, yeah, I would love to. And one of the texts says, and he says, even if we went five years without speaking, my loyalty wouldn't change. Okay. Okay. So, so she's a, lo she's loyal. <laughs> I mean, what are we, what are we saying? Uh, Rena is reading this stuff. Uh, she goes, I, I don't have that. She's like, I don't have that kind of relationship with Denise. Rena, you probably don't have that relationship with anybody. Nobody wants to be close friends with you. Um, Rena says, she's my good friend, but that's. A special relationship. <laughs> That's a fried green tomato special relationship. That's a Melissa Etheridge special relationship. That's an Ellen and Portia special relationship. And then all of a sudden they go, then Brandy goes, Denise is a master manipulator more than Lisa Vanderpump. Are you? Get the fuck out of town, you drunk kook. Are you kidding me? Brandy, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? If Denise is a master manipulator, she is the literally most boring master manipulator there was. Lisa at least had some panache and grace. I don't even see what Denise is trying to manipulate because all you guys are so far up her ass. I do not even see what is being manipulated here. I Can somebody draw me a diagram? Can somebody homeland this for me? Um, Rina says, if you can somehow get back and talk with Denise and figure this out. And Rina also like, we're all involved now. You made yourself in. This is the part that you guys made yourself involved. You could gracefully bow out and say, oh, you guys at some point should talk, obviously, because at this point it has nothing to do with you ladies. You literally are making yourself. This is the part. It's like it's like it's like somebody writing a scene for actors and like somebody begging to be in a scene. Like, could you write more lines for me, please? That's what Rena is literally doing here is like, well, we're all involved now. We all need to be in these scenes. Please, please let me have screen time. Please, please. It hurts my bones when I dance. <laughs> and Rena goes, oh, Rena uh, goes, oh, man. So now that's the end of that. Now we're seeing Erica Jane leave for New York and Tom comes down and her assistant's there with her. And Tom's like, you got to take, how's he speak? He's like, you got to take care of my buddy. And they're like, we're going to see you in two weeks. You'll see her more now than you do. You'll see her more than you do now, which is hysterical to think that they only see each other two weeks. But it kind of makes sense. 
Erica says, you only get this chance once in your life, and I'm going to take it. Erica says she never could have seen herself as the girl on the private plane going to star on Broadway. She used to look at private planes when she was in New York, and now she's there. Which is like, yes, that's amazing. Truly, truly amazing. Truly a full circle moment, but a full circle moment only because of Tom Girardi in a way. You always need somebody to back you. You always need financial backing. You can be the most, like, even with this podcast, you need financial backing. Like, you can't do this without word of mouth, without somebody helping you. You just can't. So I I, I really, I hope, I mean, I, I would have loved another shout out to Tom because he really did make this all possible for her. You know, I thought that, but, but by the way, really actually hats off to Erica Jane. No, no shade, no joke. Really, really cool that she got to do that. Uh, now we're at Kyle's Kyle's fucking dog is there. You guys, I talk about this dog all the time. I'm telling you, I think the dog ends up like killing Brandy in the last scene or something. Cause there's no reason they should show this dog all the time. Like, I think there's some kind of physical fight and somebody like maybe Brandy goes for like to hit Kyle and the dog just like snaps in like, Bites the neck or something. I don't know. Rina, Rina walks in. She's like, hey. And, and Kyle goes, hey, how are you? She goes, I don't know how I am, Kyle. And Kyle goes, yeah, it was a lot. Rina goes, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Rina is always on a 12. I need her to be at a 4. This is like a daytime scene. Like, you're in a nighttime energy right now. I need you to be in a daytime energy. Kyle says, who the fuck is mowing their lawn right now? This lot, like, it feels like they're mowing lawns constantly on this street. Sorry, you guys. Kyle says she's been in this situation before where you want to defend a friend, but the info can't support it. And, you know, she's talking about the Lisa Vanderpump scene. Kyle says, this isn't our business, but Brandy told us, so now she has to deal with it. It's just like, this is weird, weird logic they're using. Rena says, I had a full breakdown for being a bad friend in Rome. But what if that was all part of the plan? What if she weaponized our friendship? Lol, Rena, shut literally. Get the kids out of the room. Guys, get the kids out of the room. Get the kids out of the car. If you're driving, pull over. Uh, okay. Rena, literally, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up, you bag of bones. You literal goblin. Are you kidding me? This literally has nothing to do with you. She made you feel bad for not being a good friend because you weren't a good friend. It still holds up. It still holds water. She didn't weaponize your friendship, you fucking whoop doofus. Oh, it's so infuriating. Why do I see this so clearly? Why do I have this gift? She's like, I feel duped. Maybe I'm a big fat fool. And then it goes, next time on the season finale of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, we see the Broadway. We have a scene with Denise and Camille Grammer. We see uh, Denise saying not going to show to a party. And Garcelle says, well, Brandy's going to show up. They're like, no, she isn't. And then all of a sudden, Brandy shows up, of course. And then there's a scene with Rena and Denise where we saw in the earlier preview where Rena goes, you're so mad. So I can already tell that scene between Rena and Denise is going to make me blow my top. Like, you know, those things are like, I'm going to be insanely upset when I watch that. So you guys, this is Real Housewives of Beverly Hills recap. I am going on to do Real Housewives of New York, Real Housewives of Potomac, and uh, Below Deck Med from this past week. If you enjoy these, I think these are good. I think these are worth your while. Go over to the Patreon, subscribe. For a couple bucks a month, you can get those. You can get those in your hot little ears. Uh, but thank you guys so much. This is part two of So Bad It's Good. Please subscribe. Please tell a friend. Please leave me a good review. And uh, yeah, start working on that five and a half hour podcast I sent out earlier. I'm, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm the Lisa Rinna dancing of podcasting. So, uh, I love you guys. Thank you so much for letting me do this and, uh, I'll see you over on Patreon. Betches.